<laughs> hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right. Looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode. I'll shout you out on this show and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes. That's right, JSC exclusives. You'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else. For $10 or more per episode, now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show. You got a business, you want me to talk about it, I want you to sponsor my show. For $10, hit me up, send me the script, I'm putting you over. Plus, you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it. For $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time, you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. America's dad is now a convicted felon. Comedian Bill Cosby waving to supporters as he left the Montgomery County Courthouse. This after hearing the jury apply the same word to all three aggravated sexual assault charges. Guilty. District Attorney Kevin Steele wishing the 80-year-old left in cuffs and in the custody of county deputies. Speaking to the judge after the conviction, Steele calling the multi-millionaire a flight risk, saying he has access to a private jet. From his seat rose Cosby and in a rare outburst cursed at the DA, denying he had a plane, the judge allowing Cosby to return home before sentencing. And he did just that. Cosby and his entourage returned to his house around 3.30 this afternoon. The comedian will enjoy the comforts of his Elkins Park mansion with one addition, a bracelet wrapped around his ankle, closely being monitored by the courts. His sprawling estate, the very place where a jury concluded he drugged and sexually assaulted Andrea Constand some 14 years ago. Now a waiting room of sorts before the famed comedian is formally sentenced. Now Cosby will be sentenced between 60 and 90 days from today. He'll also undergo an assessment to determine whether or not he is a sexual violent predator. That is a state mandated assessment that the comedian will undergo. Now Tom Mesero, Cosby's attorney says he will fight and appeal today's conviction. I'm live here at the Montgomery County Courthouse, Greg Argos, CBS 3 Eyewitness News. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 74th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. I want to thank each and every one of y'all for supporting me as always, whether it's on any of the numerous podcast providers such as Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Audio Boom, and of course, 
Spotify, and iHeartRadio, the two newest editions. Also, you can hear us on the TuneIn app as well on all of your smartphones. I, I apologize for not being here last week. Things have been rather hectic, rather crazy. Back with The Griot, getting business done. Be sure to check out my work and everybody's work over at thegriot.com. I want to uh, also say what up to everybody who supports me on Twitter, at jscottsmith, J-A-Y-S-E-O, two T's, S-M-I-T-H, except no substitutions. I am the verified J. Scott Smith. I want to thank you for supporting the website, jscottsmith.com. More coming there. And JSC TV will make its return this weekend on rvntv.tv. Got a new studio, and we're really starting to roll stuff out now out there in South Jersey. So I want to thank each and every one of y'all who supports me there as well. As you know, this show comes to you from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And what you heard there to start the show was pretty much some of the biggest news really across the country. And sadly, a history-making story that was 50 years in the making. That was from Greg Argos over there at CBS3, KYW, here in Philadelphia, describing the scene as Bill Cosby, who I don't think I've really talked about much on this podcast. I'm sure I have at some point, but never in great detail, was convicted of sexual assault. And I can honestly say I'm not stunned at all by this. Well, you know what? I'll take that back. I was stunned that he was convicted. Not because I didn't think he was guilty. I knew he was. I just didn't think they'd have have the stones to actually do it. This man first sexually assaulted a woman in 1968. That's 50 years ago. 50. He, in the last half century built this image this persona and you heard it there in the intro where greg argos called him america's dad and that's what he was referred to especially in the black community where he was on the mount rushmore he was sacred you couldn't speak ill of him you couldn't speak ill of oprah you couldn't speak ill of like martin luther king i wish i were being like exaggerative when i say that But Bill Cosby was untouchable for so long because of that damn Cosby show and his goody two shoes image and fat Albert and the jello pudding pops and and the the affable nature, the friendly nature. But the thing about Bill Cosby and men of his ilk, because so many of them, let's just be real. So many of us, I'm a man. I'm not going to divorce myself from that. So many of us build our personas on fiction. Bill Cosby has always been fiction. Bill Cosby, the good guy, the baby face, the altruistic dad, the the member of the board of trustees at Temple University, the goody two-shoes, Dr. Huxtable, Mr. Clean Jokes on stage, even though he actually didn't tell all clean jokes on stage. That's who Bill Cosby was. And he was a quote-unquote father figure to so many young black men who grew up in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s. I had a dad in my home. Bill Cosby was nothing more than an entertainer to me. He was relatively funny when I was a kid and I was a teenager. But I never saw him as a dad to me. I had a dad. I was never trying to be Heathcliff Huxtable. I was trying to be Robert Smith. The day I graduated high school, my dad actually says to me after I walked off the stage, 
walked off the stage and graduated from Renaissance High School, June 11, 1997. Oh boy, more than 20 years ago. And I get off that stage and my dad, who was never really one for a whole lot of emotion, a whole lot of emotional like sentiments and outbursts. He's still this hard scrabble Detroit police officer who you don't show a whole lot of emotions out on the street in uniform. He says to me that he was proud of me he just simply wants me to be better than him. Now, when, my, uh, when he says this to me, I look at him and I'm just kind of gobsmacked because I'm thinking, in his eyes, he doesn't see himself as this super successful individual. In my eyes, I look at him and I say, you know how difficult it is for me to be better than you? That's my father figure. I had two parents in my house. My mother's a teacher, or was a teacher, she retired, has a master's degree in education. My dad's a cop, came up southwest Detroit, lots of siblings, didn't initially go to college. He came of age during the Detroit riots, and during the civil rights movement. In 1968, he was 18 years old. Bill Cosby was 31. He's a grown man. He was hitting the big time. One of the first, I think he was the first black male lead in a primetime series. But he had, a, he had a double life. By the time I'm old enough to even know who Bill Cosby is, that's the mid-80s with the Cosby show. And I just thought the show was funny. But it didn't have that clutch on me that it apparently has on so many black people who for so long actually conflated Bill Cosby with Heathcliff Huxtable. That's essentially conflating Hulk Hogan with Terry Bollea. Or Nasir Jones from Nas. Oh, I can go down the list. Just like there's a really humorous Facebook series right now called Zach Morris's Trash. You've seen it. You've watched at least a couple of episodes of it. I'm able to separate Zach Morris, the character, from Mark Paul Goslar, the actor, the person, the human, the man. Most people couldn't do that with Bill. Their love affair with that damn Cosby show or I Spy or the or the dude in the afro telling the cornball jokes on stage or the let's do it again guy with Sidney Poitier. Or Leonard Bart Six. Or any of the other shit that Bill has done. So many black people, and I'm talking about a cross-generate, cross-generational, to quote a man, Nate Milton. Cross-generational. So I'm talking about black people as old as my parents. All the way to cats 10, 12, 15 years younger than me. Bought in. Because he was the archetype of the good, strong black man. So much so that they were willing to wager that 50 women were lying about him sexually assaulting them. They were willing to wager that it's all made up. Some of them are willing to say, hey, so what if he did it? He made the Cosby show. So what if he did it? He donated to black colleges. He made a different world. 
Word on the street was out about this man as far back as the mid-1970s. This wasn't some new shit that showed up two, three years ago. Cats were hip to him as early as 1975 that he was out here slipping Mickeys and women's drinks and taking advantage of them. I checked out on Bill Cosby in 1998 when, if you, a lot of you probably remember this, but you just repressed it. I never did. That's what's going to be the theme of this episode, by the way, is I sniff through bullshit and I read character pretty well and I sniffed out Bill a while ago. If you recall about 20 years ago, right around the unfortunate time where his son Ennis lost his life, it came out that there was a young woman who was essentially trying to extort Bill Cosby because she was his illegitimate daughter, his secret daughter. Now, everybody knows that Bill Cosby had five kids, four girls, one boy. There was a sixth kid, at least. Turned out that Bill, while the woman was actually trying to extort him for more money, it turned out that this was Bill Cosby's daughter and that he had been secretly paying her mom to keep quiet for more than 20 years. So... When Bill gets up there all those years and professes himself to be this man of higher stock, and he basically took Heathcliff Huxtable to be himself. He's America's dad, the virtuous black man who's all about the family, who chastises the likes of Eddie Murphy for saying certain things during his show. You cannot say filth, flying flying filth in front of people. And I said, I never said no filth, flying filth. He says, you know what I'm talking about. I can't use the type of language that you use, but you know what I mean when I say filth, flying, flying, flying filth. And I said, I never said no filth, flying filth. And I don't know what you're talking about. I'm offended at your call. Fuck you. <laughs> and that's when Bill got pissed. Said, that's what I'm talking about. You cannot say fuck. In front of people. And I got mad. The type of guy who was known to call up comedians and go after them about the material they were using on stage. Who would sit in judgment piously over people. It turned out he wasn't no better than anybody else. And I checked out on him as anything more than just another actor playing a role. And that was 20 years ago. So by the time I see the Philly Mag piece a few years later while I'm working in Lansing at 96.5, I wasn't shocked at all at the idea that Bill was out here living super foul because I'd heard these things about Bill for years and unlike a lot of people, I didn't just arbitrarily wave it off as a bunch of quote unquote desperate women trying to get Bill Cosby's money. Come on, dog. Let's cut the bullshit here. A lot of people knew it, but Bill had so much sway, he held so much power, that if anyone actually tried to tell the truth, Bill would make sure you never worked again. And there were enough hangers-on, enough yes-men, 
enough people willing to just simply look the other way, enough who were willfully participating and helping to cover it up, that this dude was able to simply keep pushing through it and keep doing it to the point where he felt bulletproof. And it's sad. And it's shameful. What's also shameful is the reaction of the black community to this, especially initially when it happened. I remember three, two, three, four years ago when this really picked up steam again, right around the time Hannibal Burris basically just outed him again. It is interesting that it took a black male comedian to suddenly make people take notice of this. But this had been posited in numerous stories, pieces, features that Bill Cosby spent the 1970s, at least as it turned out, he did it for four decades. He spent time drugging women and raping them and then shaming them or threatening them into silence. And it just went on and on and on. And all you heard was all the bullshit, all the hotep nonsense about this is all made up to keep him from buying NBC. Can you believe that people actually believe that nonsense? That this is all some vast conspiracy to have kept Bill Cosby from buying NBC when a company could have just simply said, no, we're not going to sell to you. Like what kind of serpentine logic is that? You would much rather believe that there's some secret plot to keep this man from buying a television network than to believe that perhaps he sexually assaulted a bunch of women back in the 1970s and 80s and 90s and all the way up to the mid 2000s. So shame is on a lot of us for enabling it. It's no different than what Larry Nasser was doing at Michigan State University, except Nasser did it for 25 years. Cosby did it for twice as long, 50 years. He skated on this. And we refused to believe the stories of women. Hell, I saw it after the verdict came down yesterday. There's still simpletons out here. Some of them actually women, black women, insisting that this is all a lie. It's all made up. They just wanted to take his money. And even if he raped them, so what? They should have said something sooner. Meaning that there's a statute of limitations on this thing. That if a woman doesn't speak up, and by the way, you wonder why they won't speak up. Because if they speak up instantly, you're just trying to take him down. You're just trying to take his money. What were you doing there? So of course, in the face of basically being called a liar, despite the fact that there's all sorts of evidence that it happened, women are scared and shamed into silence. And then finally, years later, they finally muster up the courage to say something to then be met by the same simpleton saying, huh, why did you wait so long? We would have believed you if you said something sooner, which is bullshit. This is what this is. I don't feel a single solitary stitch morsel or nugget of sorrow for Bill Cosby. He's a pious, old, fraudulent, hypocritical bastard who made his hay on portraying himself to be the ideal, respectable black man. Shame on you. Shame on you, Bill. Shame on you, Camille, because she also was in on it. She knew what was going on. She enabled it for years and looked the other way. 
Shame on anybody who actually stands by still and supports him or thinks that because he did the Cosby show, it balances it out. The fuck is wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? Where's your, where, where, where's your common sense and humanity? Shame on you who thinks that this is some conspiracy to take down a black man. I don't give a shit if this dude is black, brown, Asian, white, native. To do what he did, he deserves the buckle. And it looks like he's going to get something. He's 80 years old. If you gave him even 10 years in the pokey, that's probably a life sentence. But he got away for 50 years. 50 years. I don't even know what the hell to think. 50 years. 1968. He did this shit when LBJ was president still. Four decades. And woman after woman comes forward. And the first thing out of most of your idiot mouths is, what took you so long? He couldn't have done it. He's Dr. Huxtable. Out of here. Bill Cosby is just another failed archetype. He's just another character. And we need to stop acting as if these TV characters, these performers, are the people they portray themselves to be. And people like him who begin to feel like they're bulletproof, untouchable, that they've done enough with their public persona that they can get away with anything. Bill, Bill Cosby has always been known to be a dick to people. And in a funny bit of irony, after he was convicted, the DA said he thought Bill was a flight risk and mentioned that he should have his bond revoked because they're afraid he's going to try to take a private jet and get out of there. To which Cosby, speaking in the third person, by the way, gets up and says, he does not have a private jet and then called him an asshole. I would love to know if Eddie Murphy was trying to break off a phone call to Bill Cosby. I would like to talk to you. And try to chastise him about how he was talking to people in that courtroom. To the countless women who are victims of sexual assault, whether it's Bill Cosby or Larry Nasser or any of these other shithead men that are floating around out here. To the women who are victims of domestic violence, whose stories were either discounted or ignored or squelched. I can't apologize for every man out there, but I will do my best to simply apologize and say that we're sorry that we didn't believe you as a collective whole. I've taken to the point where whenever I hear a story about a woman was raped or, or beaten, I put the burden of proof on the guy to prove he didn't do it. Because too often we just write off these stories as these women are greedy and they're trying to get paid. Do you know there are a hell of a lot better ways to get paid than this? Maybe they were actually assaulted and maybe they simply want to get paid in justice. Coming up after this, the mood lightens slightly. I tried to avoid talking about this buffoon, but I have a quick word on one Mr. Kanye West. And I also have a quick word, which strangely is going to be similar to this one about Bill Cosby, to a lot of you simpletons who actually believe that Kanye was who you thought he was. My name is J. Scott Smith, and this is episode 74, Sesenta y Cuatro of JSC Radio. We'll be back after this. Not history, but 
the story of her, the story of Andrea Constant, the story of all of those who took that risk against a rich, powerful, famous man, took the risk of being denigrated publicly, took the risk of being sued for what they said because he had the resources to do it took the risk of being shamed and blamed as the defense did in their final argument. Took those risks and they took the risks so that their truth could be known, so that their truth could be believed. And yes, the Me Too movement has arrived and is well and is living in Montgomery County throughout this nation and throughout the world. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is JSC Radio. Y'all want to go to Africa? I'm standing up and I'm telling you I am Warhol. I am the number one most impactful artist of our generation. I am Shakespeare in the flesh, Walt Disney. Nike, Google. Now, who's going to be the Medici family and stand up and let me create more? Or do you want to marginalize me till I'm out of my moment? Or why don't you empower yourself and don't hmm. need them and do it yourself? How, Take a few steps back to go. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. Kanye. I've been doing this more than you. Doing what? You ain't got. Come on, chill out. You bro. ain't got the answers. Kanye, you ain't got the answers. Bro, I'm asking you. You a ain't question. been doing the education. Bro. You ain't been doing the education. Kanye, calm down. You don't have the answers though. Calm down. Because you're trying to give me advice about no, something. No, no, you no, ain't no. you Listen. ain't got the answers. You ain't spent 13 million dollars of your own money trying to empower right. yourself. Yes, but I spent hundreds of thousands and doing putting out clothing lines at a smaller degree. All I'm asking you, I'm and it ain't wait. no Ralph though. Uh, it, it ain't, ain't Ralph wait, wait, level. Let me ask you this: I'm asking What's you, the name of your clothing line? We don't know. Kanye, you know what I'm saying? Because I lost money, but that's not exactly. That and I could lose money on a higher level too. Don't think just because. Don't think because I got the most or the least money. Let me finish my question, dog. Man, because, no, let, man. Let me hear the you question, don't have man. the answer. Okay, I, I just have to say this. 
there ain't no way that interview would have ever gone down on this show or any show I've ever done because the second he raised his voice up like that and started acting a fool on my on my air, I'd have slapped fire out of him so fast he'd have thought I had a fire flower in the room. This is the 74th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Jay Scott Smith here. Welcome back. Damn it. I didn't want to talk about this clown, but I, I might as well do so. Also, before I do that, I want to shout out, of course, Awesome Jones, whose beat you heard to open the show. And as always, big ups to my man, Doc Gillingsworth, the good doctor whose beat you hear throughout this show, including underneath you right damn now. I also, of course, want to remind you to check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash JSC radio, and be sure to hit your boy up on any and all of your favorite podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Shout out to, of course, of course, Google Play and the two newest editions, iHeartRadio and Spotify. And by the way, I might want to add in there too that I have actually created my first playlist on Spotify. It's called The Mind of J. Scott Smith. It's on Spotify. Look it up. Follow it. It's more than 200 songs of some of the best shit ever. So be sure to check that out. Listen to it. And give me some feedback on what you think and what else you're trying to see added to it. So, uh, yeah, Spotify, hit that up. It's The Mind of J. Scott Smith. I'll even throw a link underneath the description here. So, now, yeah, I'm going to keep this quick. I know I usually say that and it ends up going really long, but I'm going to try to keep this as quick as I possibly can. To those of you who still believe that Kanye West, that dude you just heard in the intro, calling himself Shakespeare and Andy Warhol, to those of you who still, after everything you've seen the last three days, if you actually believe that this dude is an actual genius, well, first and foremost... Stop that. Stop. Let, let's, let's kill that right now. But if you think that Kanye West is an actual genius and all this foolishness with Trump is just an elaborate publicity stunt and that somehow people like me just aren't awakened and smart enough to realize that we're all being played because he's such a genius and this is his way to get that album over, This shows how far down the ridiculously cynical rabbit hole we are, especially in this country. Kanye West is no genius. This is just who he is. This ain't no stunt, B. Period. This ain't no stunt. This is who he is. Think about it for a second. Kanye has never been adept at the long game. Ever. All of his asinine outbursts and public foolishness has not been to promote an album or even put himself over. This is who he is. It's who he is. Kanye's not some secret genius. Hell, I'd argue he's not even much of a musical one. And so many people, so many of us, and you know what I mean by us, ascribe the alleged genius of his music to his whole being. Musically, he has had depth and creativity. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and make it seem like this dude hasn't had like moments in music that were great. One of my favorite songs of the late 90s was Guess Who's Back. Loved it. Loved that song. Kanye West produced that track. This is back when Kanye was strictly like DJ Premier or Pete Rock. 
and he was largely staying in the background, staying out of the way. If anything, I always wagered that he could be some sort of combination of like maybe Pete Rock and eventually JD. One of the rare guys he's actually taken time to truly commend throughout all of his narcissism. But musically, he's had depth and creativity. The thing is, in every other literal thing, Kanye West is as deep as a Dixie cup. Kanye West is essentially the Hotep jail brother that Damon Wayans played on In Living Color. Except Kanye does it on Twitter for millions of people every day and on stage in front of thousands of people at his overpriced, weird-ass concerts. This is who he is. I'll refrain from any speculation on his mental health. Not to say that that's not a valid conversation to have, because it is. Because let's just keep it real. That dude has some sort of either diagnosed or undiagnosed mental health issue that we're not really discussing. And it's playing out in front of the world. And since he's rich, and he, he it's basically just chalked up to him being an eccentric weirdo until this week. But this ridiculousness with Trump, th- this whole idea that he's just a free thinker. I'll get to that in a second. He's a free thinker. He's just free thinking. He's speaking his mind. He's, he's independent of all of you who are 20 years behind him. Shut the f*** up. It's not free thinking. It's arrogant ignorance. Free thinking, free thought involves an actual depth of knowledge. Free thought is not simply blurting out some uneducated contrarian thought just to be edgy or trolly. It's not just being out here to play the devil's advocate. It's not here just to agree to disagree. Free thought is usually heavily researched. It's not babbling a bunch of sanitized white supremacist bullshit mixed with your hurt feelings. Free thinking, free thought. Help me understand what free thought is exactly. He's speaking for himself. He's thinking for himself, is he? Because everything he's saying sure sounds a hell of a lot like the typical bullshit you hear these sold out so-called black conservatives spew. This anti-civil rights nonsense. This idea that black people are shouldn't talk about racism because that just makes us victims. We should get over it and try to unite behind everyone and just ignore the fact that there's all this racist horse shit happening. That's not free thinking. That's called being a sellout. That's called selling out. That's what that is. I checked out on Kanye a long time ago. I checked out on Kanye when it became apparent to me that this dude was nothing more than an opportunistic narcissist who used things such as black empowerment and consciousness and wokeness, not as something he fully believed in, but simply as a way to garner enough black fans to create a force field around his dumb ass when he would do stupid things in public like he's basically been doing for the last 13 years. His music ain't so great that he can play me. And yes, I said 13 years because the first thing that I think of in the pantheon of stupid Kanye tricks was what he pulled in 2005. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yes, that. The eight words that got Kanye over to a whole new audience, to a lot of people who'd never heard of him to a lot of people who'd only known him as that guy who made a couple of decent rap albums. That guy, Kanye West, 
That's how he got himself over. But all everyone seems to remember is that final closing line that left Mike Myers basically out on an island unto himself. Listen to the entire thing, the whole thing, and just get an understanding of while people assumed that this was just some watershed political moment, I said it back in 2005. This is a calculated attempt at getting yourself over. With the breach of three levees protecting New Orleans, the landscape of the city has changed dramatically, tragically, and perhaps irreversibly. There's now over 25 feet of water where there was once city streets and thriving neighborhoods. I hate the way they portray us in the media. If you see a black family, it says they're looting. See a white family, it says they're looking for food. And you know it's been five days because most of the people are black. And even for me to complain about, I would be a hypocrite because I've tried to turn away from the teacher TV because it's too hard to watch. I've even been shopping before even giving a donation. So now I'm calling my business manager right now to see what's, what is the biggest amount I can give. And, and just to imagine if I was if I was down there and those are those are my people down there. So anybody out there that wants to do anything that we can help with with the setup, the way America is set up to help the uh, uh, the poor, the, the black people, the uh, the less well off as slow as possible. I mean, this is Red Cross is doing everything they can. We, we already realize a lot of the people that could help are at war right now fighting another way. And they, they they've given them permission to go down and shoot us. And subtle, but in even many ways more profoundly devastating, is the lasting damage to the survivors' will to rebuild and remain in the area. The destruction of the spirit of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. See, often we tend to forget that prior to Kanye closing it out with that walk-off line about George W. Bush, which you can argue there was a, there was a fair amount of merit to it, Before Kanye getting that rather stumbly walk-off line there, everything else he said beforehand wasn't really about the people in New Orleans suffering. Notice the number of times he says I and my in there, going out of his way to put himself over. In the pro wrestling game, that's called going into business for yourself. He probably had a script. I haven't gone back and read up on this whole thing. People have treated it like it's this cultural watershed moment, and Kanye got what he wanted. He got his name all over the place. His outbursts and self-aggrandizing got himself what he wanted. He was over. He was a made man in the eyes of pop culture. He was he was that was it. He was well known. And there were enough black people who bought in on the bullshit. I said it in 2005 that this was a publicity stunt and it worked. I've I've maintained that and it worked. It was a real life work shoot promo. He knew what he was saying. He knew what he was getting into. It was a lot of babbling. It was a lot of meandering. It was a tangent. And it's who he is. Whether it's standing up on the stage during a telethon meant to benefit the people who lost their lives and homes and livelihoods in a city damaged by what was at the time the greatest national disaster or greatest natural disaster, whichever one, in the country's history. 
to somehow make it about himself. If I'd have said that in 2005, I would have been called a sellout. But I say that now, suddenly I look prescient. But I'm not here to pat myself on the back. I'm simply saying that a dude like him has always been this way. The Kanye West that you've seen this week is Kanye West. It's who he's always been. This isn't some publicity stunt. Because come on, there are better ways to pub and promo an album than this. This ain't a publicity stunt. And if it is, if he's trying to promote this new album, he's going about it the wrong way. Because nothing says promoting your new album like alienating about 80 to 90% of the audience that made you. That same audience that you were so desperate to get a hold of and grasp onto. Because if you remember, 2005 Kanye was still on that borderline of consciousness. And he needed to find a way to get some street cred. And the way he did it was George Bush doesn't care about black people. George Bush doesn't care about black people. I know that's harsh. And I know people will say, well, aren't you being cynical in saying that? And I say, hell no. Look at the last 13 years. The Taylor Swift thing. The acting weird on Sway in the Morning. The constantly going on weird tangents and rants. The marrying of the Kardashians. The creating of a weird-ass clothing line, which was the whole reason he was on Sway in the Morning to begin with, because that shit didn't sell. He's out here selling $200 white t-shirts that some of you marks are out here still buying because you think this is all one big act. And that somehow, some way, the old Kanye... Kind of like how back in 2001 and 2, it was the old Stone Cold was supposed to make this miraculous comeback. I miss the old Kanye. The old Kanye was a fraud. This is who he always has been, period. In closing, this ain't a stunt to promo an album that some of you marks will still buy. Much like George Bush doesn't care about black people wasn't some selfless political statement. This is who he is. This dude is out here tweeting out pictures wearing a red MAGA hat. Do you understand the imagery of wearing that hat and what that means? That hat is essentially this generation's white hood with the eyes cut out. It's essentially this generation's brown suit. And you're a black man who claims to... Love black people so much, but you're a free thinker. I'm a free thinker. I'm independent. I'm thinking for myself. This is free thought. You are under total mind control, dude. But what's controlling your mind? I have no idea because I'm not even sure you fully believe in the bullshit you say about Trump. I think you're just so desperate for attention and acceptance and love from something or someone, something that was never given to you, that you have to go out of your way to be this much of a shithead. And this is what he's doing. Lord knows, I'm not going to try to psychoanalyze it. I just know this. Kanye West is not and has never been a literal genius. He's not. Kanye's the same narcissistic, shallow half-wit he's always been. It's just that so many of y'all finally see what I've been seeing since at least 2004. My name is J. Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. The next episode, the Milestone 75th episode, 
I finally give you the damn retro review. I've already started putting it together, but this craziness over the last few days compelled me to bump it for one more show. But until then, goodbye, everybody. You have the answers. I'm asking you for the answer. It's a question. Why is it that you can't? You have money. I just you have told you I lost the money because I did not have the knowledge okay, of how so to do it the right money. way. So you don't have the money to do it. That's your answer. You ain't got to turn up, man. This ain't no fucking show, man. Not I'm but, talking to you as a homie. Nah, it ain't no homie, man, man because uh, the thing is, the bottom line is, man, I'm everybody, saying, you ain't got to turn up. Like, you ain't got to, no, hold up. You wait, 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 hold ain't, up. No, ain't no hold hey, man, up. Listen, bro. Ain't no hold up. It ain't got to be no hold up. I'm asking you a question. Ain't no hold up. I'm asking you a question. Ain't no hold up. What do you mean it ain't no hold up, man? We here talking as civilized people. I'm trying to understand your world because when I go to your concert, I'm curious about what you're saying. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you the questions. Well, I'm explaining to you okay, what it is. Okay, but you ain't got to turn up on me man to man, dog. Fuck these mics. We could turn all this shit off. You ain't got to do this. It's cool. <laughs> Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.